So my second, my, my only kid that's in college is going back to school after this week, last week with him. I was talking to a buddy of mine that uh, his kid was, he was taking his kid to Auburn for the freshman year. And he was just saying, it was his first one. And it's like, what, what is this going to be like? And I said, well, you're going to cry um, a lot. And you're going to cry some more probably when you get back home. And he's like, oh, man. So he texted me a while later. Yep, first one hit already. Expecting the second one as soon as I get home. And uh, this is the second year, and I'm still thinking about, like, okay, this is going to be hard. Um, he's away, away, so we don't get to see him all that often. So wanting to just uh, take advantage of every opportunity we get to do stuff and hang out. We planned a fishing trip uh, not too long ago uh, for this past weekend, and we went up there. Um, I don't have my clicker, so if you can move that. So Nathan and Jacob, and that's my cousin Danny, who has a place in Hackberry, Louisiana, and he is the ultimate fishing guide, mostly because he's free. Um, but um, no, he's awesome. He was on the Coast Guard in this same area, so he knows this all the swamps, marshes, places that we, uh, that we go to. And that was just some of what we were about to, or what Danny in his apron was about to fillet for us. So in thinking about making the most of every opportunity, um, when we're fishing, we use live bait, uh, shrimp, and shrimp's not that cheap. Uh, you want to make sure that you keep them. He's got a live well, so it's able to keep them alive. For a while, but even you know, on a long day, they start to curl up and die, and then you're fishing with dead bait, and they're not quite as effective. But every time you cast, every time you hook the shrimp to, to, to before you cast, you have to think about: Am I doing this right? Because the shrimp is valuable, and I need to make the most of this shrimp. And you hope to get, if you don't catch something on the first cast, you hope to get a few casts out of it before you lose it. Uh, to some nibble, or it just kind of eventually just fades away, and all you have is the head left, and they don't really like that so much. So anyway, just as you as you go to the live well and you you see the the quantity of shrimp that you have each time, you're kind of thinking, okay, we're we're getting to the end of this, and we really need to catch something uh, with this one, and. So you're kind of like blessing that shrimp and praying over it and anointing it with uh, its power to find a fish before you catch it as you're baiting it. So uh, I guess just you know thinking a lot uh, about how we need to make the most of every opportunity that we're given. Uh, since I was in Ephesians 5, uh, 15 through 21, and that's basically what Paul's talking about uh, to us today. But before we get to that, I want you to do something other than take out your Bible. I want you to take out your phone or your calendar if it's uh, in your purse, if you're old school and still have one of those. Open your calendar app, whatever you use to keep track of uh, what's going on in your week and world this week. This is, by the way, the exact opposite of what I normally hope and pray for during our time together, that you would be able to shut off 
everything that's ahead of you and just focus on what we're doing in here for just a, uh, an hour or so. But today, I want you to look at it. I really want you to look at it. Like, what, what's tomorrow? What's coming up? What's on, what's on the plate? What do you got to do this week? Um, don't stress out. There's a lot more to come, but um, but just kind of look it over. Think about, in general terms, how can you, how can we make the most of every opportunity that the Lord is going to give us this week? We've all got 168 hours ahead of us in the week, and what's that going to look like? How are we going to function? What are the things that we're going to do? What are the things that we're going to say yes to? The things that we're going to say no to? All right, so put that aside. We're going to come back to it. As I said, we're in uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 21 is the section that we're looking at. We're actually going to do it in two parts, uh, one this week, one next week. And it begins what is really kind of a, a summary or a climax to what Paul began to talk about uh, in Ephesians 4, verse 1, when he uh, commanded us to live lives worthy of the calling. And so this is uh, kind of a summary of what that looks like, what that's supposed to be in our life. It starts with a command from Paul, and then it um, goes on to, to explain that command, how we're going to do that in three different ways. And then it kind of ends with a vision for what that can look like and what that should look like. And so what today we're going to get to the command and the first two parts of that explanation. And then next week we'll look at the other part because uh, it's got a little bit more detail to it in the scripture that we need to break down and kind of a rabbit that we can chase a little bit. Uh, and then uh, a vision for what that should be in our lives. So if you've got your Bibles, uh, I know we're getting toward the end of this deal and there's fewer of these to go around and maybe you don't have one. So I have relented and put it on the screen this week so you can follow along. Uh, but I really do want you to use this or uh, your copy of the scripture as we interact on a regular basis with it on Sundays uh, in, in study. I think that's a great thing for us to be doing and hopefully propels us into more of that during the week. So um, that's the only reason why I don't necessarily like to put it on the screen. It becomes a crutch for us, and I'd rather you have yours. But if you don't, that's okay. Uh, it's going to be on here. So Ephesians 15 through 21, 5, 15 through 21, Paul says to look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of, of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. All right, so let's look at that in a little bit more detail. 
Paul says that we are to look carefully then how you walk. That is the command. To look carefully how we walk. Now, what does that mean? Um, the, the Greek text for looking carefully means uh, something that is done accurately, precisely, or given close attention. So that's why I put the little icon of the uh, magnifying glass up there. We've got to examine. We've got to look at it in detail. Are we walking uh, in, in a precise manner. We've got to give close attention to how we're doing that. Um, strictly walking is another way to say it. And in this idea that Paul is presenting in our walking um, and looking carefully, uh, there's kind of the, the suggestion or the implication that the journey could be dangerous, that where we're walking into needs that careful attention. We can't just do whatever we want to do, go wherever we want to go. There's got to be some attention to this in a way that avoids some of the danger because the consequences for not doing so, the mistakes that we could make along the way could possibly be quite terrible. And God wants us to avoid those things. We're coming home from uh, fishing yesterday afternoon, and there were these like summer showers, just like torrential rainfalls that would come and go. And we were just getting to Houston, and it just came down really hard. And I could not see the car in front of me. And nobody, because it's still daylight, is turning their lights on yet. And so I don't know, am I about to run into the back of an 18 wheeler or what's about to happen? Because I can't see anything, can't see the road. The, uh, the little lines weren't very good. And then finally I find a guy that's got his lights on, just two little round lights. It was an older car in front of me. And so I like, okay, I'm safe. I can kind of, you know, feel the distance. I can, I can judge where I'm going based on him. And so I just follow him for a little while through this rainstorm. And then all of a sudden, I didn't want to exit, but we're exiting because I'm following this guy. <laughs> Now, he could have driven off the bridge for all, you know, I was following him. That's all I was doing at this moment. He could have ran right into the, 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 the pylons um, because he didn't see him, and I would have followed him into that. I was just blindly, for the most part, going with what he was doing. I wasn't being as careful as I needed to be to stay on the path that I was on, that I wanted to be on. And so uh, it, it cost me. I had to exit. I had to wait and, and get back on. Not a terrible mistake. Um, didn't drive off the side of the bridge. That was a good thing. But, um, but the consequences for doing things like that, when we're not paying as close of attention as we possibly can, could be more devastating. And so Paul says, walk in a way that you know what you're getting into, that you know what, where your next step is, that you're not just haphazardly bumping through life, but that you're paying careful attention, that you're strict in how you're moving around. 
that you're extremely careful. Paul's word for walk is basically the Christian ethic. That's how we live. That's what we do. Uh, you may, some of you remember uh, some of the, the, we've got a few things in our church covenant that like, oh, I don't use that word often. Uh, what, what is that? And, and one of those is the, the phrase that we are to walk circumspectly in the world. Anybody remember that one? Like anybody, like when we say that together uh, on New Community Sunday's like, okay, what is exactly, what, what, am I, what am I agreeing to do here? I don't walk circumspectly very much. But that's basically, that's from this verse. That's what, that's what it means um, to walk carefully. And uh, as we do that, we do that together. Because all of the, the context for what Paul is speaking in is in a communal context. And so we're helping each other. Uh, is the idea. So how do we walk carefully? Number one, we make wise decisions. The second part of verse 15, look, look carefully at then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. What we're going to have is, is three statements that um, it, it doesn't look like this. It's supposed to look like this. Don't do this, do this. Not that, but this. The first one, Paul says, not as unwise, but as wise. Uh, that's a pretty common comparison in Proverbs throughout. Uh, it talks about wisdom and foolishness. And in fact, I want us to read chapter 9 of, of Proverbs. If you've got your scripture, you can follow along. It's not on the screen. But it's a neat little story about the uh, kind of the the competing ideas of wisdom and folly. Chapter 9 uh, of Proverbs says, Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beast. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I've mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. So basically what's going on here is wisdom personified. This woman has uh, decided to kind of host, uh, uh, to, to put on a party, uh, to, to host a bunch of people. And she sent out. Uh, some uh, assistants into the town to, to stand in prominent places. And so this, they're, they're kind of like the, the people with the spinner signs, you know. Uh, so th these two w young women are, are out there trying to get the attention of people to say, hey, if you don't know what's going on, uh, if you're not, uh, and, and these aren't meant to be like insulting terms. I know they sound that way to us, who is simple, um, Leave your simple ways, that kind of thing. Uh, but basically just saying, if, if you aren't all that informed about life, then uh, come and, and, and find out. Um, come over to, to our party. Uh, this, uh, this woman called Wisdom is going to uh, talk to you about, about some stuff. And so uh, people are, are passing by and intrigued by the, the opportunity. Hey, there's good bread. There's good wine. Uh, let's, let's go check that out. All right, and then there's kind of a 
little little extra part to the story before we get to the, the other uh, thing that's going on. Uh, where she says, or, or wisdom, whoever concerns, corrects a scoffer, gets himself abuse. And he who repu- reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man and he will be wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. Basically saying, uh, you can't waste a lot of time talking to fools. Uh, If someone is determined to be foolish in their ways, they're just not going to listen. And so uh, there, there is a wisdom that you may not be like the wisest, but if you have wisdom at all, if there's just an inkling of wisdom in you, then you want more of that. And so you'll listen. Uh, so a wise man wants to be wiser and, and will listen to reproof. And, and he's saying to, to spend your time on that. Because in verse 10, he says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's got to start somewhere. And it starts with the fear of the Lord. It doesn't start with your own abilities. Uh, it, it doesn't start with your own intellect. It starts with you having a proper respect for and, and fear of the Lord. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So as you, the implication here is as you gain knowledge of the Holy One, you gain more insight. So you're, you're gaining wisdom. For by me your days will be multiplied and your years will be, and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, you're wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. It's a great promise. I mean, if, if, you're, if we're going to be wise people, then God says, I've got something for you. I mean, you're going to live longer. You're going to, uh, your, your days are going to be fuller uh, in wisdom. And uh, it's going to benefit you. But if you scoff at wisdom, if you run from it, uh, turn from it, then you alone are going to bear it. Like it's going to, there's not going to be any help for you. There's going to be a lot of stuff that comes your way that you're going to have to deal with because of it. All right, so back to the story of what's going on. Uh, The woman folly is loud. So the ESV calls her folly. Uh, Another translation that you might have has a less kind word for her uh, that I'll leave that up to you to to look at or think about um, because of the implications of it. Um, it. It says that she is seductive. And knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat on the highest places of the town. So she's going to the same places to say, so we've got two different sign spinners on the corner now. One saying, hey, come over here. We got this going on. The other one saying, hey, no, come over here. We got this going on. And what she has to offer is she's calling to those who pass by who are going straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of Sheol or hell. So what she has to offer is basically folly, uh, basically destruction. Uh, She's saying, hey, there's some things that, that we can do over here. Nobody has to know about it. Like, it, it doesn't have to be um, 
a, a real public thing, and it's actually kind of more enjoyable uh, because it's, it's done in secret. And so she's enticing, she's uh, seductive, and trying to win people uh, to her cause. And that's what's competing against us every day. We've got these signposts uh, that were offered, uh, go here or go here. Do I want this? Do I want that? Um, many times our flesh gravitates to one more than the other. And that's why we have to, as Paul tells us, to walk carefully. Because if we're not walking carefully, folly looks pretty good in the moment. And it's um, not even debatable most of the time. It's pretty easy for us to just follow into that and to say, well, yeah, that, that makes sense. That's, that's what I was thinking about. And that's, that's what I was feeling. And, hmm, good timing. And so... You go that direction, not knowing in the moment and not knowing in the midst of and perhaps not knowing until you've been there a while that you're basically in Hotel California. You can check in anytime you like, but you can never leave. You've given yourself up to something that you didn't really want to be in in the first place. You just wanted it to be good. You thought it was, it was what you were after. And you made that choice, and then you found yourself in the way of destruction. Paul says, walk carefully. Think about. Now, walking carefully is going to entail some active part uh, for our minds, to be engaged in. We can't just hope that it goes okay. We can't just rest on uh, the, the, the past of, of you know, I, was, I was in church on Sunday, so surely, you know, that's going to count for something and, and I'm just going to, you know, lead a better life this week. Uh, it's helpful. Uh, it, it's, it's part of the, the propelling you in the right direction, but you got you to gotta take it you got to engage with it, and with the Spirit specifically, uh, tomorrow morning. And you've got to think about uh, whether it's at business, uh, in business, or at your job, when you may be asked to do something that's, eh, but, you know, you could kind of get away with it. Um, and it looks like you might, you know, be a benefit to you if you did or to your company. But you know it's not the right thing to do. Um, but everybody's doing it. Maybe at school, you're engaged in conversation. You're around people that are definitely choosing the way of folly. And that little, you know, small voice inside of you says, oh, I need to not do this, but I don't want to be uncool. I don't want to make a big deal about it. I mean, uh, they're, maybe they're even a Christian. And, and so I don't want to be that guy that stands out in that way. I just kind of want to blend in. And so you don't do anything. And so sometimes our, just our passivity leads us into folly. We just kind of get swept up. And all of a sudden, we're at the party that we didn't want to be at. And sometimes when we're there, we uh, make justification that we, we're going to be a light uh, there. 
And yet we still don't really do anything with that. And nobody sees that light. And we, we're just a part of what, whatever's going on to some degree. When on the front end, um, if we've prayed about it and thought about it uh, as best we could, like what our day is going to look like, um, what our week's going to look like, what opportunities we're going to have potentially, and um, things that are already before us, in other words, that we've kind of hit those head on and made some decisions about what we're going to do and what we're not going to do. And we stick to those uh, in the, the, the spirit. Those things are going to, to help us because we're going to have a whole bunch of other things that aren't on our calendar, that aren't in our head, that aren't anywhere in our mind uh, at this moment that are going to come at us this week, that are going to give us that same choice. And when that comes, we may see so quickly Folly standing out there with her sign that we miss completely wisdom standing right there beside her with hers. And we don't even make a decision. We Consciously, we just go because that's the first thing that we see. We've got to retrain our minds over and over again. It's what uh, Romans 12 talks about. Uh, it, it's, it's an engagement of our minds. We can't just go on our feeling. We can't just go on the fact that we've been doing this for a while. We have to really think about it. What does God want us to do? Um, this is kind of uh, average time that we spend in a lifetime. I know it's different for everybody. Uh, some of you don't sleep nearly that much. Some of you sleep a whole lot more than that, probably. Um, but you can't see it, 26 years of our life, average lifespan spent sleeping. So that's about like a third, maybe a fourth. No, it'd be a third, yeah. Um, so yeah, we're not talking about like a, a lot left. So we, we kind of need to, to make sure that we're doing the right thing. And that's what Paul talks about um, in verse 16 when he says, make the best use of the time because the days are evil. Doesn't necessarily mean he's just talking about the end days, but we know that we do live in the end days. So that's a given. That, that's part of it. Uh, but really, our days are all numbered. I mean, we're, we don't have just a lot of time. And we use it in... A variety of ways just because we have to. Three years, seven months in eating and drinking alone. Uh, this is not on here, but I think, um, you know, there was, there was something about uh, we spend over a year in the bathroom. Uh, it's just you know, crazy stuff that, you know, like, it's just like life happens. But uh, six years, eight months using social media. Think about that. Six years, eight, almost seven years on social media, potentially getting worse. Uh, since 2012, we have increased by 62.5% in our use of social media every day and uh, continues to increase. There's some hope that the younger generations are, are actually realizing. You guys uh, are actually thinking about this stuff. And, and uh, about half of teenagers will, will admit to feeling like they're, they're probably spending too much time on their phone. 
And so maybe the tide will turn soon. Uh, there's a lot of like adults, parents that say, my kid, I think like 72% of all adults uh, surveyed said, my kids are on uh, their phone way too much. And um, not to be outdone, kids, uh, over 50%, say that their parents are on their phone way too much. So combine those two things and talk about some dysfunctional family dynamics uh, going on uh, around the dinner table. Dinner table? What dinner table? Because um, that's kind of hard to come by as well in our society. So we really need to think about, and I, I'm not just talking about social media. That's, that's an easy one. Uh, there's a lot of things that, that we spend our time on. Yours may be you know, completely unique and maybe even weird to the rest of us, um, but you like doing that thing, and so you spend a lot of time doing it, and that's great uh, to an extent, but uh, is it the best use of your time? What is taking up your time? We have to examine our lives. We have to walk carefully. What are we spending our time on? I think that uh, if we are spending time in ways I mean, we live in a, a different culture uh, than when uh, Paul was, was writing to these early believers. And yet, um, I don't think it's like something we're just supposed to throw out, the idea that we're supposed to be able to do life together, that we're supposed to be able to be in each other's lives. How are we going to do that? Uh, verse 17, how do we walk carefully God, to know what God wants? To know what God wants, we have to look to his revealed will, will um, and that's in Scripture. And um, if we're not going to be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. We spend a lot of time thinking about the Lord's will when big things come up, when we have to make big decisions. But uh, I wonder if we did a better job of really knowing the Lord's will based on what Scripture has revealed to us in tandem with uh, getting help from one another and the Holy Spirit uh, guiding all of that, that we might not have to make a big deal about the big decisions because we're already used to hearing God. We're already used to knowing God's voice. And we don't have to freak out when uh, something big comes in our life and we have to make this decision. We already know. We've already exercised those muscles. We've got to work at it again. This is not a passive religion. Satan is going to take our time. Satan is going to occupy our mind in ways that are subtle uh, and make perfect sense sometimes if we don't get active about this. It's going to make us feel like we've found the right way because uh, the culture uh, and the group think that we live in kind of says that this is a good thing. It says this is the right way. There's a lot of that going on. Um, he's going to give us permission to live however our emotions inform us because we've kind of made ourselves God in this culture. We've kind of made uh, what we feel and what, what we want uh, unquestionable. If we're going to do church together, everything has to be questionable with one another. We have to be able to talk in truth with one another in love and help each other to grow toward the Lord, to choose wisdom, not to choose folly. 
And Satan's going to supply us with a lot of attractive uh, mentors in this. There's going to be a lot of people, even in the church, that say this is a way to go. And it is potentially folly. So we got to be careful about that. Spiritual maturity is not going to happen without work. Um, Proverbs, great book to read. If you, ha- if you just feel like uh, I-, I haven't been in Proverbs in a while, and I encourage teenagers especially, as you're taking ownership of your faith in a new way, there's nothing better than just to daily be in the book of Proverbs. So get out your calendars one more time before we sing some more. Pray with me over those calendars. Lay your hand on them. In this moment, Lord, we ask you to reveal to us what what is on these calendars or what is um, on the calendar of our heart that is before us this week that we need to think carefully about how we're going to do that, why we're doing it, to make the most of that opportunity that you've given us. Spirit, help us to walk carefully in everything that we do. To not just react to what we see, but to truly seek to make wise decisions. Help us to be in your word, Jesus, um, to, to know what you've said already that you want us to do, to seek out, to really care about that stuff more than we care about ourselves and our own desires. And God, give us a vision for what this could look like for us to live this way, the, the fruit of uh, a, of a purposeful life, a, a, a life that's at peace with you, uh, a life that, that's joyous because we know we're in the center of your will. And may that be something that influences others to look to you, to want to know you, because it's more accurate. Our lives are more accurate of a depiction of who you are and what you're about, your love and your life. We ask you to go before us in everything, Jesus, this week. As we share in communion, Father, we receive from you uh, your goodness and your mercy, and we think about the gift that you gave us in Jesus. May it be what fuels us to live the life that you died for.